0: The Citizens' Almanac, section 10, the four freedoms, Franklin D. Roosevelt, and inaugural address, John F. Kennedy. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Betty B. The Citizens' Almanac, fundamental documents, symbols, and anthems of the United States by u s department of homeland security section ten the four freedoms nineteen forty one franklin d roosevelt in january nineteen forty one as much of europe had fallen victim to the advancing army of nazi germany franklin d roosevelt began his unprecedented third term as president of the united states great britain was finding it increasingly difficult to hold off the aggressive german army and roosevelt considered the germans to be a significant threat to u s national security during his annual state of the union address on january sixth nineteen forty one roosevelt pledged his support for great britain by continuing aid and increasing production at war industries in the united states by aiding in the war effort roosevelt explained that the united states would be protecting the universal freedoms and liberties to which all people are entitled not just americans in his speech roosevelt staunchly defended democracy around the world and stated that the united states would not be intimidated by the threats of dictators he concluded by eloquently describing four essential human freedoms that the united states hoped to secure and extend to all individuals these universal freedoms were freedom of speech and expression freedom of every person to worship god in his own way freedom from want and freedom from fear in nineteen forty three following america's entry into world war two artist norman rockwell captured the idea of these four basic freedoms in a series of paintings published in the popular magazine the saturday evening post the painting served as the centerpiece of an exhibition that toured the united states to help raise money for the war effort. Excerpts. I address you, the members of the 77th Congress, at a moment unprecedented in the history of the Union. I use the word unprecedented because at no previous time has American security been as seriously threatened from without as it is today. As a nation, we may take pride in the fact that we are soft-hearted, but we cannot afford to be soft-headed. Just as our national policy in internal affairs has been based upon a decent respect for the rights and the dignity of all our fellow men within our gates, so our national policy in foreign affairs has been based on a decent respect for the rights and dignity of all nations, large and small. And the justice of morality must and will win in the end. In the future days which we seek to make secure, we look forward to a world founded upon four essential human freedoms the first is freedom of speech and expression everywhere in the world the second is freedom of every person to worship god in his own way everywhere in the world the third is freedom from want which translated into world terms means economic understandings which will secure to every nation a healthy peacetime life for its inhabitants everywhere in the world the fourth is freedom from fear which translated into world terms means a world-wide reduction of armaments to such a point and in such a thorough fashion that no nation will be in a position to commit an act of physical aggression against any neighbor anywhere in the world that is no vision of a distant millennium it is a definite basis for a kind of world attainable in our own time and generation that kind of world is the very antithesis of the so-called new order of tyranny which the dictators seek to create with the crash of a bomb to that new order we oppose the greater conception the moral order a good society is able to face schemes of world domination and foreign revolutions alike without fear since the beginning of our american history we have been engaged in change in a perpetual peaceful revolution a revolution which goes on steadily quietly adjusting itself to changing conditions without the concentration camp or the quick lime in the ditch the world order which we seek is the cooperation of free countries working together in a friendly civilized society this nation has placed its destiny In the hands and heads and hearts of its millions of free men and women and its faith in freedom under the guidance of god freedom means the supremacy of human rights everywhere our support goes to those who struggle to gain those rights or keep them our strength is our unity of purpose to that high concept there can be no end save victory inaugural address john f kennedy 1961 In 1960, John F. Kennedy defeated Richard M. Nixon to become the 35th President of the United States. A World War II hero and former representative and senator from Massachusetts, Kennedy and his young family brought an optimistic, youthful spirit to the White House. At the time, America's Cold War struggle with the communist-led Union of Soviet Socialist Republics was becoming increasingly volatile around the world from germany to cuba to southeast asia tension between u s supported forces and soviet supported forces threatened to unleash a devastating nuclear exchange on january twentieth nineteen sixty one kennedy delivered his inaugural address on the steps of the u s Capitol in washington d c his remarks focused on the critical foreign policy issues of the time in stating that the united states would pay any price bear any burden he was signaling american resolve to support the forces of freedom in the face of the communist challenge kennedy however also presented an alternate vision calling on the soviets and americans to pursue arms control negotiations and the struggle against the common enemies of man tyranny poverty disease and war itself as a young president Kennedy saw himself as part of a new generation of Americans and he was not afraid to ask his generation to work toward a better world. In the most famous part of the speech, Kennedy challenged Americans to move beyond self-interest and work for their country, saying, ask not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Excerpts. We observe today not a victory of party but a celebration of freedom symbolizing an end as well as a beginning signifying renewal as well as change for i have sworn before you and almighty god the same solemn oath our forebears prescribed nearly a century and three-quarters ago the world is very different now for man holds in his mortal hands the power to abolish all forms of human poverty and all forms of human life and yet the same revolutionary beliefs for which our forebears fought are still at issue around the globe the belief that the rights of man come not from the generosity of the state but from the hand of god we dare not forget today that we are the heirs of that first revolution let the word go forth from this time and place to friend and foe alike that the torch has been passed to a new generation of americans born in this century tempered by war disciplined by a hard and bitter peace proud of our ancient heritage and unwilling to witness or permit the slow undoing of those human rights to which this nation has always been committed and to which we are committed today at home and around the world let every nation know whether it wishes us well or ill that we shall pay any price bear any burden meet any hardship support any friend oppose any foe to assure the survival and the success of liberty in the long history of the world only a few generations have been granted the role of defending freedom in its hour of maximum danger i do not shrink from this responsibility i welcome it i do not believe that any of us would exchange places with any other people or any other generation the energy the faith The devotion which we bring to this endeavor will light our country and all who serve it and the glow from that fire can truly light the world and so my fellow americans ask not what your country can do for you ask what you can do for your country my fellow citizens of the world ask not what america will do for you but what together we can do for the freedom of man finally whether you are citizens of america or citizens of the world, ask of us here the same high standards of strength and sacrifice which we ask of you. With a good conscience our only sure reward, with history the final judge of our deeds, let us go forth to lead the land we love, asking his blessing and his help, but knowing that here on earth God's work must truly be our own. End of section 10